This is the Business English Podcast, Episode 90, How to Translate a Philosopher's Framework for Awesome Presentations. Welcome to the Business English Podcast from All Ears English. Get the English skills you need to achieve your dreams in global business. For a presentation, a meeting, or your office party, this is Real Business English with your favorite American hosts, Lindsay and Michelle, coming to you from New York City and Colorado, USA. Hey, Michelle, how you doing? Hey, Lindsay, I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So today I am thinking about presentations. I know, Michelle, you teach presentations. You teach presenting skills in English, right? We're, we're at your English school. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my students, I do. We do a lot of presentations. A lot. It's a good skill. And it's, you know, it's not easy to present in another language. What do you see as the biggest challenge for students when they're learning to present in English? Hmm. Well, I think being nervous is a huge one. I mean, think about it. Like people, not many people like public speaking, mm-hmm. but to do it, you know, in a, another language is just got, got to be just so difficult and nerve wracking. Also, mm-hmm. because I think another challenge is that students tend to, it's hard to focus on everything. So number one, you're worried about, okay, what am I going to say? Number two, you know, am I going to use the correct grammar, the correct vocabulary, the correct pronunciation, everything comes together. And then you're in a situation where there's pressure. So Hmm. it's really tough. And so maybe you're so focused on what you have to say that your grammar goes out the window or, you know, like you, yeah, you might forget to, you know, use subject verb agreement or whatever it may be um, because Mm -hmm. you're so focused on being nervous and all the different things. So I would say that's a different, that's a difficulty for students. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it gets really complex and complicated, right? So that's why, you know, there are so many things that, that could confuse us and trip us up. And that's why I love very simple frameworks, right? I mean, simplicity is beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, frameworks where we can organize our mind around something, a three or four step process. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today. We're okay. not inventing something new, but we're pulling something back from years and years ago, a famous philosopher. And you guys Ooh. are going to have to wait first to listen to the question before we get into that. So, Michelle, we have a question today from Stefano, who is a professor, a university teacher from Italy. Great question. Yeah, so cool. So could you read it for us and then we'll go into it? For sure. All right. So uh, so this is Stefano from Italy. Okay. Thank you so much for answering a couple of questions of mine in previous podcasts. Improving my English with you is a pleasure. Well, thank you. It's a (laughs) pleasure to have you listening. Um, As a university teacher, I have a new question referring to the set of expressions that I can use at the beginning and at the end of each lecture. What expression can I use to briefly introduce topics in the beginning of a lecture, just to give students an overview before diving into each of them individually? Mm. As As to the end of the lecture, how can I tell that I'm going to summarize the topics previously discussed? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. How can I tell students to study again, to study the assigned material again as, and to be well prepared for the upcoming exam? Um, I re, I've read expressions like brush up and bone up, but I've never heard them in real life. So maybe they are a little bit obsolete or too formal. 
Many thanks for your wonderful work. Ciao, Stefano. Thank you, Stefano. <laughs> it's such a good question. It's such a good question. It's so important for this professor, this teacher, our yeah. listener here to, to, to know what to say here, right? Because you're in front of a classroom, I'm guessing a large classroom, and you know, you want to sound prepared and sound confident. So that's what we're going to help you out today, Stefano. And for our other listeners, this applies to you guys. You know, if you're at the corporate world and you're giving presentations, you can also use this formula. Okay. So Michelle, how are we going to approach this? I mean, we're going to go back 2,400 years ago, right? To grab some advice from the famous Aristotle. So this is, but this is not like we're digging this up from Aristotle. I mean, people are using this every day in the business world today. And it's called the, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's the Aristotelian trip triptych. I'm sure our listeners have heard of this before, right? And once mm -hmm. we say what it is, guys, you're going to know right away. You're going to recognize it. And then we're going to add an additional piece of information to the end to answer Stefano's question directly. So, you know, this is a structure that we use too here in these episodes. Michelle, in these episodes, you know, what do we do? Like, what is our structure? Do we use like a three-step structure? You know, we start with our WIFM. What does that stand for? Let's reveal it to our listeners. Why All not? right. We're revealing our <laughs> secrets here on this episode. Oh, here we go. All right. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? So we literally make segments to create this show, guys. We have our title. We have our WIFM. We have our main main show. And then we have our intro and our outro. And the WIFM is such a key piece. It is what's in it for me. It's telling you what we're going to tell you, right? It's telling you what is the value for you. And that's right. part of what Stefano is going to need to do. And we're going to show him how to do that in English. Okay. Really what we do is we give you guys that before the show begins. So you know whether, so we hook you, you know, you know whether you want to listen. It's, it's, it's pretty effective. So let's go to the framework by Aristotle. You know, what are the three parts of it, Michelle, and you guys are going to know this when you hear it. It's very, it's very out there. Everybody uses this. So what are they? <laughs> All right. Number one, tell them what you're going to tell them. There you go. And number two, number two? tell them the content of the yeah, lecture. Just, or just tell them, right? It's like, tell them, tell them what you're going to tell them and then tell them. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, the, and then the third one is tell them what you told them. There you go. Tell them what you told them. So you might hear this in colloquial English, people dropping off the TH for them and just tell them, tell, tell them, them what you told them. Okay. So one more time, it's tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And I love how simple this is, Michelle. Right. For sure. Right. I like it too. And then in our show, I mean, so tell them what you're going to tell them is our with them. The tell them, the second step is our main content, our, our main episode. And then tell them what you told them is what, Michelle, is which part of the episode? The end. It's like the takeaway, right? We try to do a takeaway at the end where we just summarize what we've told you guys and we give you some action steps. And today we're going to add a bonus here for Stefano and it is tell them what to do next. Okay, we're mm. adding that one on. Tell them what okay. to do next. All right, but Stefano's real question is not so much how to organize the speech. It's more how to put it into English, right? He wants to know how to plug in the right phrases here so that he sounds competent and professional in front of his students. So let's break it down for each frame, each piece of the framework, Michelle. So for the first one, tell him what you're going to tell him. Now, what could we say in English? How could he do this in English? Okay. So you could say, today we'll be discussing... Yeah. Right. Okay. Is this formal or informal to you? This sounds a little bit more formal to me. Yeah. Why does it sound a little more formal to you? Um, because of I think it has to do with the, maybe the ing. Yeah, I think so too. That we'll be doing something, right? Right. 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 
Yeah. I think we did an episode on this. We talked about how when you you talk about your future plans in terms of, you know, we'll be going here, we'll be doing this, we'll be sampling this. It's 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 talking more about a formal itinerary, like getting on a cruise ship and the person is introducing the plans for the week. Okay. Right, 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 right. I like that. Yeah. So but this would this work though for Stefano? Would it would it be pro- appropriate in your mind? I think so. I think so, too. I think this I think would be, be just great. fine. I think it'd be great. It'd be perfect. Um, so if you want to have that slightly more formal tone, Stefano, you can use this. What's something else we can do that's a little more casual? Okay. Well, you could say what we're going to do today is this. Yeah. So this is more casual, more human. If you want to sound even more casual, you can say what we're going to do today is this. Okay. Um, or, you, or you could say today we're going to. Or Yeah. Sure. Any variations of that. To me, this sounds a bit more like you're running like a workshop and people are actually like it's a smaller group and maybe people are taking action. Mm, Yeah. 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 So, you know, you can decide, Stefano, depending. You didn't tell us how large your class is. What kind of setup? Is it a 500 person class like a big university or is it a tiny group that's like doing experiments? What is it? But both of these would work in both. It's just that we're, you know, the deeper we go, we can give you more nuanced examples of English, like, but both will be fine. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. So then when it comes to the second part of the framework, which was what, Michelle, what was that? Tell them. Tell them. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the, the number two step, right? It's just, this is the content. So here, you know, you didn't ask about this. This is where you're just going into what your content is. So we're going to skip ahead to the third part of the framework, which is okay. tell them what you told them. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So, so how do we well, do this? You could say uh, to summarize, to, su- mm-hmm. or to summarize what we talked about today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we could swap in a few words to sound more formal here. What could they be? You could say to summarize what we discussed. Yeah. Right? Now, discussed, is that more formal than talked about? Yes. Yeah, I think so. So there are always ways, Stefano, that you can elevate your language to sound more formal. Um, here's another one. I'd like to sum up what we went over in this lecture. Okay, so that's right. drawing people's attention to you. I'd like to do this. That sounds pretty... F- I think that actually sounds... Well, when you say I'd like to do something, that sounds formal. But when we say sum up, to me, that's casual. What do you think, right. Michelle? I agree. I think if you're saying I'd like to, I think you if you, it's, if you were going to make that less formal, you could say let's sum up. Oh, good one. Good one. I'm going to add that actually because we're going to put Yay. that on the blog, blog for the listeners. Let's sum up that. Okay, <laughs> Let's sum up. That's more casual. If you say, I'd like to sum up a little more formal. But again, these are just small degrees of formality, less formal, more formal. Don't stress out too much. The point is, you know, write these down, Stefano, and you can use any of these and you'll sound great. Right. And you can even just drop off the whole thing. You can even just say to sum up. Yeah. Yep. 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 Anyway. Totally. To sum up. Da, 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 da. Okay, I love that. Getting lots of good on-the-spot ideas. <laughs> and then we added a final piece to Aristotle's framework. We we um, edited his framework, and we <laughs> we said you you know the next one is tell him what to do next, right? So what how could Stefano do that? Okay, well you could say your assignment for next time is. Yeah. Or you could just start by saying your assignment for next time. You That could just be like a, a statement to hopefully get people's attention, you know? Okay. So your assignment for next time, right? Wait, and how would you, and, and like how, like yeah. how would, I would just say just more? to kind of get people's attention to stop and say your assignment for next time. 
and then you start a new sentence. It's not grammatically correct, but who cares, right? It's, this is just presentation skills. It's just like theater skills, right? Being on stage a little bit. Uh, but just to clear up, so you're saying that would be like... Like if you're pointing on the board to like, oh, here's the assignment or like, is it no. if you're handing out a sheet of paper? I just want to be. Yeah, I think it could be. No, I think I, I was picturing it more. He's in the, yeah. the center of the stage yeah. and he's just getting people's attention. It's just like a kind of a stop. It's a bumper where oh, you're you're okay. you're shifting the attention. So it's not something that you would write because it doesn't make sense. It's not a full sentence. But, you know, in my mind, when we're presenting, we don't always need to use these full sentences. You know, right. if you, you just get people's attention. So your assignment for next time. And then you start the sentence. I'd like you to do this. Right. OK, I see. OK. OK. <laughs> All right. You agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I just wasn't, I was just trying to understand exactly. <laughs> <You're> confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I, uh, uh, no, I was just thinking your assignment for next time is, but if you're like, oh, your assignment for next time, and then you say, we are doing blah, blah, blah. Now I get it. I wasn't sure if we were talking about pointing or what, but now yeah. I get it. Thanks, Lindsay. And- and that'll work too. So your assignment for next time is, so I'm adding that to the list too. Oh. So there's a, f- <laughs> yeah, I made it. We're editing this in real time, Michelle, real it. time. <laughs> so what would be another one to tell them what to do next? This is important, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, please be sure to review your notes before the next class. There you go. That's a solid one. And then another one is you'll want. You'll want to make mm-hmm. sure you're familiar with the material before our next class. You'll want to do this. Mm-hmm. Good one. Good one. Not super common, but I like it. Right? Very straightforward. Um, so that's, you know, we've given Stefano three or four there for that call to action, right? What to do next. Now, Stefano also asked Michelle about brush up and bone up. Now, what do you think? Um, I think that, um, I wouldn't, I I may not say it. Um, I think, um, I could say make sure to brush up on your vocabulary, but I think brush Mm up is more about, um, when you like kind of relearning or refreshing your memory on something. Yeah, I agree. I think it's more, it's, there's slightly different meaning. I mean, you could get away with it, Stefano. No one's going to come up. The grammar police or vocabulary police are not going to come up and arrest you for using it wrong. <laughs> but, um, I, I think it's the meaning, the way I think of brush up is like, oh, um, I used to be a tennis player or I used to like, I used to, what, what's a good example, Michelle? Let's see. A skill like, um, mm. oh. A, some kind of a skill you want to brush up. I like a language, right? I'm brushing up on my Spanish before I go to Nicaragua. Right. It's more like a skill. So it's slightly different from just studying and reviewing notes. But the difference is so nuanced. Okay. But um, what about bone up, Michelle? Bone up. Um, bone up is, I, I don't know. I think brush up is more common than bone up. Yeah. I, I feel like... Um, you know, well, we'll talk about it in just a second with our takeaway. But just one reminder, guys, we want you to go ahead and hit subscribe on your phone to make sure you get this show four days a week. So hit subscribe if you're not subscribed. So Michelle, what's the takeaway? All right. Keep your framework simple, right? Yeah. So if it worked for Aristotle, then it should work for you, right? <laughs> so again, it's tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you told them. And then we added tell them what to do next. 
Yeah. And then this is the where we want to address our thoughts on the colloquial, colloquial phrases like bone up, brush up. Make sure you're familiar with the phrases, you know, before you use them in the classroom. I think if you're a professor in the classroom, you want to command a certain amount of respect. So I feel like being super experimental with with phrases that you're not sure about is good in a different context, maybe when you're not on stage. Do you agree right. with that, Michelle? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it depends on the situation. Like if somebody, uh, I mean, you know, practice them and you can always ask someone beforehand, like if a student of mine, I mean, I'm totally open to them trying new words and, you know, it's all about learning, right? But you could also ask me beforehand, is this how I use this word? I want to try it. But if you're in a a listener situation, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it it might be harder to do that. Yeah, You can still ask someone. You could certainly, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't, you, you should expand your vocabulary. You should learn how to use these colloquial phrases correctly. But something you could do is you could watch college lectures, like go to edX and download some free lectures from Harvard or from Stanford. You can do that now. It's amazing what we can do with the internet and just get a sense of what these colleagues, what these uh, professors use for, for language. And it, so all that I'm trying to say is that when you're on stage and in, in, in speaking in English, it's probably not the best time to experiment with a phrase like bone up or brush up. Does that make sense? Right, right, yeah. right. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very good question, Stefano. Let us know how these phrases work for you. And just to remind all of our listeners, guys, If you want to get these transcripts for the show delivered to your inbox, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe and you'll save 50%. Michelle, any closing thoughts for Stefano here? Um, just go for it. You can do it. I know what it's like to be teaching and, uh, and I know that it's, you know, it can be, you know, difficult to get your points across, but I think that this is a really good framework. Yeah, there we go. All right. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out today, Michelle, and good luck with your classes as well. Good luck to all the teachers out there. (laughs) That's right. Thanks, guys. Cool. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Business English, a podcast just for you, the high-achieving global professional. Want more from All Ears English? Don't miss our biggest and best podcast with 8 million monthly downloads. Just search for the All Ears English podcast and hit follow to get four new episodes per week on fluency, American culture, grammar, and so much more. Or tap the link in the show notes. Remember, we believe in connection, not perfection when it comes to learning English. Follow the All Ears English podcast now. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.